Hi everyone and welcome to Romance in Color, your place for real inclusive love. I am one half of the duo here at Romance in Color, Tati Richardson, uh, rolling solo dolo for the rest of season four as my podcast partner Yukini continues to recover and we send her love and light as she uh, goes on her healing journey. But that doesn't mean we're not going to have amazing content here at Romance in Color. Speaking of which, we have two amazing interviews lined up this week. First, we have author Shamika Irby, who's going to talk about her two amazing series, the Royal series uh, and the McLean series that she has out. She talks about what it takes to kind of write, to build that series, and to kind of do the world building that it takes to kind of sustain a multi-book series. Uh, And in What is Book Talk Reading? We have a wonderful interview with Jaleesa of Jaleesa Reads, and she gives us a ton of Black indie authors to add to our Kindles to get us going in the direction of uh, reading. You know, it's almost Valentine's Day, so we got to stack our Kindles with romance, you know. So in the meantime, you all sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's podcast. So up first our interview with author Shamika Irby. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. I am here with author Shamika Irby, who is a writer that is from Philadelphia. And uh, she has a couple series out, romance series, has been featured in a few anthologies as well. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Shamika. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am doing really, really well. Great, great, great. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know we've been kind of friends on TikTok for a minute. Um, and so good to like actually get a voice to, you know, talk to somebody that you always interact with all the time all the time. So I asked, I'm gonna ask you the same question that I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the podcast the first question is when did you fall in love with romance novels and do you remember the very first romance novel that you read do I remember the first one I read no but the answer is I fell in love with romance novels when I was too young to be reading them that's mm-hmm. the answer um <laughs> my mom was a Harlequin romance girl and um I used to sneak behind her. I wanted to do everything my mom was doing. And so I used to sneak behind her and read her books um, all the time. So, and and romance novels always just seemed so, I loved the emotion behind it. It was, they were all just so dramatic. Um, If anybody remembers old school Harlequins, um, yeah, pretty dramatic. So, um, so yeah. It, it, it was early like I was I, I was 10 or 11 reading romance novels and didn't even realize like the real torture of love that these people were supposedly going through <laughs> I don't think we I don't think any of us had that that concept of of, of, of um what it was really about we were too young right you would comprehend it so professionally I know you work in a like non-profit space correct Mm-hmm. So what? How did you make that transition from romance reader to and working in the nonprofit space to I'm going to write some romance? So what happened was I've been writing for forever, um, mm-hmm. and 
I wrote, I used to do only short. So I wrote only short stories for a really long time. And I had put out, self-published a couple of short story collections. Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on me that I was always writing about my characters being in love. Uh -huh. So I should maybe try my hand at a love story. Right. Um, so the funniest thing is it came about because of the opposite of that. One of my short story collections is called Heartbreak Alley. Mm -hmm. um, and basically I just explore heartbreak through different avenues. Some of it's romantic, some of it's between friends, some of it's between siblings, um, mom and uh, parents and children or whatever. And so it was like heartbreak in every avenue I could possibly think of it. Mm -hmm. So, but there was always, there's always just some real big element of love in everything that I like to write. And so it dawned on me one day, I should maybe try to write a proper love story. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so maybe about, sheesh, we, oh, I keep forgetting what year we're in. <laughs> I know, pandemic got us messed up, girl. <laughs> maybe about five or six years ago, I thought, hmm, it might be nice if I could try my hand at that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. And do you, do you remember like the first like full length um, novel that you wrote? Was it part of one of your existing series you have now? So, no what I so I wrote a full length so I wrote a, a full length uh love story that I end up subsequently hating um mm. <laughs> I it, it 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 is not deleted because that's a that was a lot of words that came out of me right so I feel a way deleting it so it is not deleted but um after I wrote it, I was like, oh, I don't like the way this sounds at all. And then I was like, uh, maybe I'll put that on ice or whatever. And then I circled back around with my first series, The McNeil Love Stories. Um, I circled back around a couple of years later and I was like, huh, maybe now if I maybe now if I organize myself, you know, like like a grown-up and have an actual <laughs> and have an actual outline for what I want it to be, then I'll mm -hmm. feel better about it. So, but my first effort, eh, thumbs down. <laughs> so were you just kind of like trying to find out what your writing style was then and just trying to like experiment, like see, because it sounds to me like you were just kind of like pantsing that novel and kind of piecing it together and it, seeing what kind of comes together. And now you, you're, are you more of a plotter now because of that experience? Yes, because when I did that first one, it was like, I couldn't decide what kind of, um, what kind of voice I wanted to have. Cause it was mm -hmm. like, I mean, cause it was like, I, it's not going to be historical romance. Cause it, as much as I love historical romance, it requires a lot of research. I sometimes don't have the patience for it. Right. So I was like, well, it's not, it's not going to be historical or whatever, but it was just like trying to do present day romance. I wanted it to be emotional without being too dramatic from um, from the standpoint of romances I knew when I was young. So right. it was just, it was me kind of taking some of those elements and see if they work together and they fit together. And then 
and then of course you get to the you get to the sex piece and it's like writing about sex is 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 it's not for the week it's, it's right. not and right. so yeah, sometimes it was like you know I would read scenes back to myself and be like well that doesn't feel sexy <laughs> So it was more about me just trying to figure out what kind of writer I wanted to be, what 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 I needed to, I don't know, like what kind of modern romances I could lean on or um sort of feel out to 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 kind of help me find my own voice. And what were the what were the steps that you took to kind of find that voice? Was it like being in community with other writers? Was it just trial and error was it like research you know how did you kind of hone your voice and, and, and be something that you're like comfortable presenting out in the world I realized I needed to read more mm, mm. that's really all it was um and so in like when you're when you're a writer and you you write all the time you have words in your head you have ideas you have scenes you have conversations in your head you just want to get them down excuse me you just want to get them down and that's all well and good but it's like just length just as far as describing scenes as far as language as far as like that's how you do your research I mean you have to I mean you can you know get these technical books and you can open as many tabs on google as you want but sometimes it's helpful to just go to the genre you're trying to write in and read. Mm-hmm. And so I just realized I needed to read more because mm-hmm. I had I had fallen off of that as I had gotten older and as I had gotten more focused on writing, I mm-hmm. had fallen off of reading. So that was the thing that really helped me get to the place that I wanted to be. Like, I realized I, mean, I need to read. I mean, yeah, that's so crucial because I mean, I feel like, and I don't know if you've encountered this, but I feel like people think, oh, writing a romance has to be easy. It's just two people falling in love, blah, blah, blah. And people don't realize there is a formula. There, is a mechan- there are mechanics to this. It's not just piecing together a story. You know, exactly. With, with like anything, you, there is craft. You know what I mean? You have to right. be involved have in the craft. Out. You have mm-hmm. to figure out how to keep these people engaged. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not just engaged in your characters and what they're doing, but engaged in the world around them. Like, you, yes. Like you're building a world and you have to, you have to make people want to come in. Yes, That's, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you got to make people want to come in and then you got to make people want to be invested in you as an author and see what else you're going to bring to the exactly. you know, writing community. Yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's the piece, and that's the piece that's the difficulty that you're talking about that people don't recognize. Like it's, it's not enough to get, for us, it's not enough just to get people to read our work. We got to get people to want to keep reading it. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So when you crafted it, I think your your first series, because let me back up and let me ask mm-hmm. you this question. Was, were you, I know you were part of some anthologies too. So were you writing, did you write for the anthologies first and then start building on your series? And if so, did, did writing for the anthologies kind of help as well? No. It, it, what what happened was I wanted to keep when I when I wanted to do this, when I wanted to do a romance novel, mm-hmm. I decided to keep it as a completely separate thing. 
-hmm. just because uh short stories were uh short stories is as diverse as my word and the ideas that were coming out of my head or whatever short stories all also worked as a way for me to work out some of the angst that I had personally mm, mm. and I wanted this and I wanted this romance series to not be that like mm -hmm. I wanted it to be fresh and I wanted it to be new even to me and I didn't want to hang any of my stuff on it I wanted it to just be what it was and so I I completely stopped writing shorts like I made a decision I wasn't going to write them anymore mm -hmm. um I came out with my last short story collection my last short story collection was blood ties and after blood ties I made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to write shorts anymore okay okay at least temporarily I was like okay. we're not even going to go down that road or whatever just because mm -hmm. I don't even want to be in the same mindset so I wanted to be like okay this is brand new Shamika so mm -hmm. what does brand new Shamika have to say mm -hmm. about love and can she tell a cohesive story about mm -hmm. it because just like we were talking about the craft and craft short stories in itself has a formula has a craft and you have to kind of, like you said, get out of that mindset to move to fullness novellas or novels um, and writing in a more lengthier way, you know, the showing versus telling and the, the pace of the action, the pace of the story. You got to be able to learn how to move in those directions versus, you know, the kind of short, not, not saying short stories are clipped, but just, you know, short stories are compact. You know what I'm saying? Like everything right. is happening. The action, this, that, it happens in a very short time frame. And you only have so much to get your your reader engaged before they're like, okay, I, I don't even want to finish this. And it's only 10 pages. I don't even want to finish it, you know? Um, so you only have so much time and space um, to do that. Yeah. And that's really important. And that's, and that's really important because that was one of the things when I switched that mindset that I had to unlearn. Because... You only have a limited amount of space and a limited number of words for a short story. So yes. the way that I was writing was I was giving you everything you needed to know about my character up front, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. you want to you wanna wrap people in, you want to keep them engaged. And so I was front loading all the character development because the characters are the most, like the main character is the most important thing. I was front loading the character development because I was only writing shorts in the space and the words unlimited. And so when I went into full length, that was one of the things that I had to unlearn. Like I had to learn how to let my characters show themselves gradually. Breathe. Let, let the right. characters breathe. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, that was yeah. that was super difficult for me. Mm. And I and I practiced that over and over. Um, and I had uh editor friends. Um <laughs> funny is funny enough, I did not major in English undergrad, but all of my closest friends did. And so <laughs> I am surrounded by writers and editors and journalists of pretty much every kind. And so um right that was the kind of stuff that I kind of took to them and went back to because I I really wanted to try and learn that that was one of the things I had to learn it's like Shamika slow down you have to peel the character back like an onion sort mm -hmm. of and not mm -hmm. just front load with everything about them at once yes yes I love I love that 
onion, I know it's overused, but the onion metaphor is so true because, you know, in a particularly in a romance where you have these, the climax and the denouement, and then you have the, you know, the rising action, falling action, all this stuff that's so critical to the journey of the relationship. Yes. Yes. You, the onion metaphor is so important because you have to peel back the layers of the person, of the care, of each character mm-hmm. to see why they're resisting this love or relationship or what's the obstacle, what's the stakes, as we say, exactly. um, to the relationship. And it, it might not just be something on the surface. It's got, it may be something deeper than that, maybe a deep wound, a childhood wound, mm-hmm. a trauma or something that's, you know, deep, deep, deep in the layers and recesses of that character. Right. And I, I love when you say that because I mean it's so true. We just can't, you know, a novel allows a novel allows it to breathe versus right. a short story where exactly. like you, you got to front load it all. That's so exactly. let's talk about let's talk about this first novel that you put out. Tell us about it and, and how the concept for it came. Okay, so I started with the McNeil love story. So the very first one is called The Driver's Seat. Mm. And I decided uh, that I wanted to do uh, a sister series. So sometimes, sometimes, and and I and I and I know other writers do this too. But sometimes I do things to make things easier on myself. Right, so right. One of the things I did to make things easier on myself is my main characters are all going to be sisters, and that way I can make them stand alone and still interconnect. And I don't have to question where I'm going next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, it was, so it was, it was better for me because it was like I don't have to build an entire universe at one time. Right, and right. I can take this really, I can take this really slow, and I can make it easy on myself by making these characters sisters. That way, I know what my next project is. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted, so I wanted to do that because it was like, if this is my f- first time, then yeah, I'm gonna make it easier on myself. So yeah. uh, I wanted, um, so I came up with the concept or whatever, and I was like, I want these women to be sort of corporate women. I want them to, I want them to be sort of corporate women, uh, just professional women, but I wanted it to be in an industry where I was at least a little familiar. Uh-huh. And so I made them, um, they're, <laughs> they're linen manufacturers and wholesalers. And the reason I picked that is because it's a shade off of some work I used to do. I worked for about three years at a restaurant supplier. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, Basically, they sold everything you might need for a restaurant or a hotel that wasn't food or beverages. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. I mean, so, yeah, so dishes, uniforms. And one of the things we sold was linens. Um, so it it was something where I felt like, okay, I can lean on some things I already know. Once again, making it easier on myself. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I was like, this is the thing where I can make it um where I can lean on some things I already know but still make it feel fresh because it wasn't like anything that I had previously read like I, had, oh, I don't I had, know I, I never read anything about somebody in a 
even though I know I even you know my husband's a chef, so I'm definitely familiar with linen beans right. and stuff. But I've never read a romance that had to do with like linens or or even something like you know the distribution of we don't we take those kind of industries for granted. You know what I mean? We right. don't we don't think about them. You know. And I was so, like, oh, I should explore that a little bit more. So I landed on that, and so I landed on that, and I landed on the sister concept, and I was like, all right, let me write it out or whatever. And then it was like. Then you can lean on, then you can lean on more common tropes. So I knew one of the sisters was going to be really uptight and bossy, probably mm. the oldest one. Right. So I was like, all right, I can do the uptight bossy sister first. We can work with her first. Yes. And so I started to really, I started to like mold Joanna in my mind and think mm. about who she was. And I wanted to write a synopsis for each one. Um, just so I had an idea of where the story might go. It was just, mm -hmm. it was, it was just a loose guide. I'm not an outliner. I'm, I'm right. not one of those, I'm not one of those organized people. My writing is very emotional. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, I know people who plot out their entire plot points and I do not yeah. do that. And I stare at them in awe. Like, wow, how do you get your brain to work like that? Anyway, um, but, but. I started, I did uh, just some synopsis of where the story might go and, and just so I could pull some personality pieces for all the sisters. And so, like yeah. I said, you could just, um, so that's when you get to lean on common tropes and once again, make it a little bit easier on yourself. So yeah. I knew there was going to be an uptight bossy one. I knew there was going to be a flighty free spirit because there always is. Always is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knew there was, I knew there was going to be one that was just the tiniest bit bitter. I'm never going to fall in love again. <laughs> so, you know, so that, that kind of helped me to, to, to shape them or whatever. And still, I didn't know if it was good enough, um, but I had a concept. Yeah. Yeah. But, and so because you kind of had a concept for each book, so you start with one book, you kind of tease out all the sisters in the first book. And then from there, parse out each one in the next books that you're doing. So yeah. it's sort of like, you know, we, we don't talk a lot about world building um, in romance, but I think that's particularly when you're doing a series, I think that's part of the part of the world building of, of, of that. Um, oh, absolutely. I had saw this, I've seen this question on um, TikTok once where people were asking, um, how long should you continue a series? How many books should it go? Mm -hmm. um, you know, should it just go on forever or whatever? Because sometimes when readers are into you, they just want it to keep going. And right. so um, and so one of the things that I always think about is when I read a series is I don't necessarily need more books than there are characters that you introduce in the first or second book like for me right the first or second book in a series is key because the first the first uh, and I'll give you the first two but like the first two books are where you need to lay out how many people I'm going to have to follow um mm -hmm. so like so if you give me six people if you give me six people and I'm like all right this is going to be a six book series or whatever you don't necessarily need to come in 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 the six in the sixth book and introduce four more people That's right 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 <laughs> right sometimes that gets to be too much for me because um but I wanted to make sure that 
however many point of views I ended up having, I introduced them all at once. Like I brought you into who you could possibly see mm-hmm. at that moment. And so it was like, yes, all four sisters are going to be in the first book. Like they have to be, first of all, because they all work together, but right, they have right. to be also so that people know where I'm going and what you're getting. So right, right, that right, was important right. to me. Right. And you're talking about series. I just thought about something. You're talking about series that go on and on. You know, Miss Bam got the Blessing series. I think she on book 12 or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> so, you know, some people are hungry for series. And then we're talking about interconnectedness. Some of her, some of her Blessing stuff connects with some of the other historicals that she's done too I think the old west one or something like that yes. um that she's done so I mean I, I think that type of world building is just absolutely masterful oh it is masterful like yes. they end up having to draw you a map girl yes so I'm a huge yes. fan of um I love Miss Beth but I'm a uh, as far as OGs I'm a huge fan of Frances Wright she passed passed away about 10 years ago I think Uh but but her daughter does run her Twitter account so her daughter is on Twitter um just every once in a while she posts to keep her mom's work fresh in people's minds and I love her I will champion her forever I love one of the OGs definitely one of the one of the uh groundbreakers in the industry for sure exactly but you but it's like you were like you were talking about with the world building like she has the Graysons and then the Graysons friends and then yes. the Taggarts and the Falcons and mm-hmm. they connect back to the Graysons. Yeah. And it's 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 it's, it's a universe. Yes, yes, absolutely. And shout out to her. I mean, a lot of people don't even show her enough love. So thank you for bringing her up because because you know, friends like you said, friends is great. One of those unsung OGs who just yes. you know I don't give them her. love. Yes. I love her absolutely absolutely so then you have this McNeil love stories about these four sisters and then you have your next series which is the Royals yes um talk about that series and 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 how this is different from the McNeil love stories okay so uh the Royals are still the Royals are still four sisters they work in the hotel industry Um, (laughs) what's up with the number four is it lucky for you (laughs) Uh, just, well, I picked four just because I don't, I didn't want to overextend myself. Cause it was like, cause like, I, cause it was like, we were talking about before my writing is really emotional. And so uh-huh. I don't want to, I don't want to like over promise and under deliver. Like, I don't want to uh-huh. make a six person family. And then three books in I'm bored with it. And it's like, gotcha you know what I mean like I didn't want to I don't want to run the risk of leaving it unfinished and so four is a comfortable number for me um but 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 speaking of but we should talk about that because (laughs) the royals are different in a different in in the concept is different so the royals um are uh they're in the hotel industry the royals have their four daughters but they have a much different family dynamic Mm-hmm. Uh, their parents are really um, very. Their parents are professionals, but they're really loosey goosey. So the okay. daughters are the the responsible ones who drill down and really run the business. Um, and so there's underlying feelings. Um, and their father is kind of 
the it, he's the kind of guy who really just just wants the family in the brand to be all that these women have or focus on mm-hmm. and so sometimes he's resentful when he acts out when they venture into love and to things outside so their family dynamic is very different because the McNeils are pretty close-knit and they're pretty supportive of each other um mm-hmm all working together and the royals are the royals are supportive of each other too but it's really it's the daughters have sort of an us versus them dynamic with their parents Um, (laughs) there's some animosity going on right that the mcneils don't have so i wanted to i wanted to give it a i wanted to give it i wanted to give the family some waves or whatever Mm -hmm. um it, but it's it's still four daughters, but it's different in the way that for this one, I was really excited about it. For the Royals, I decided that it would be okay to branch out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So even though I started with the four sisters or whatever, the two Royal romances both have a bonus story about side characters. Okay. okay. So at the end of Hooked on Your Love, there is so hooked on your love is the first one and it stars noah and natasha and at the end of hooked on your love there is a a a bonus story about natasha's one of natasha's best friends carly and noah's best friend emmett Mm -hmm. and so and then for the second book was the second oldest sister renee and her long-term boyfriend uh dawson uh which Whew, that one almost didn't make it um <laughs> no really writing about established couples is much harder oh yeah oh yeah I know that. Um, so I wrote about Renee and Dawson and then at the end of their story it's a bonus story about Natasha's other best friend Lucinda and Dawson's cousin Malachi mm-hmm. uh, so and I got a lot of positive feedback about malachi and lucinda and so now i'm considering making them a full-length thing okay so um but i still have two more royal sisters to get through um and i don't know how the if i'm gonna add bonus stories or how they're gonna flesh out but the royals i was way more confident about um Mm -hmm. as a concept and as a writer um i've i've just gotten way more confident over the last year and so I felt like I could branch out a little more and yeah, you know, yeah. kind of build a world or whatever. And uh, and the McNeils are in this world too. So you see Joanna McNeil for a second um, in Hooked on Your Love. Uh, you do get to see her for a second. And uh, I'm going to bring a couple of the other McNeils back in this next one. So well, it makes sense. A hotel needs linen, you know? Exactly. <laughs> hotel yeah. needs linen. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, so the McNeils are in this one too. Yes, yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there is there is some plus size rep in here as well. Oh um, yeah. So let's talk about that. Like how important is was it to bring in the you know plus size representation in this in this these series as well? Uh I'ma just I'ma just let anybody who happens to listen to this know flat out that I'm fat and all my girls gonna be fat. Like <laughs> like that's it and that's all so um I I just feel like it's important to it was important to me just to see um bigger women and 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 not 
and, and bigger women to see bigger women in my writing and in the things that I'm putting out into the world and not bigger women um waving a flag or trying to prove a point or on some kind of cause or mission just uh, existing they're just to, existing right right on some kind of cause or mission to mm -hmm. prove that they can be happy too no mm -hmm. these is just fat women doing the same stuff that everybody else do exactly they exactly. meeting men they getting it in they falling in love so, <laughs> exactly and they have professional jobs and they exactly they doing anything. I, I, I definitely empathize with you there on that tip yeah yeah it's important definitely, yes because i've seen your cover and your girl is not skinny we okay once again we don't people come on this podcast we're not talking about my book we talk about y'all book y'all been working <laughs> waiting to talk about my book in march <laughs> we're just so excited <laughs> We can talk about in March. <laughs> so what's what's next for you in these in these series of books? I know I know you say you got two more sisters to do and yes. possibly uh branching off with some besties. Yes. So anything else you want to try your hand at um in the romance space? So there are two things I want to really try my hand at. Um one of them was way mm -hmm. long ago. Not not that long ago, but anyway, a while back, I had toyed with the concept of um, continuing the McNeils with their assistants. So every McNeil sister has an assistant that plays sort of a, a, a really prominent secondary role in their story. So okay. my sisters are uh, Joanna and Zoe and Renata and Sylvia, and their assistants are Maddie, Nikki, Chelsea, and Reagan. So uh, a while back, I had played with the concept of maybe doing four more with mm -hmm. the McNeil assistant, but I sort of put it on the back burner mm -hmm. and I was like way in the back burner, like almost not on the burner at all. <laughs> Just <laughs> sitting I on the stove. Much, right, I have pretty much, I have pretty much been like, I have pretty much decided to shelve it. And then somebody asked me if I was still going to do it. I was uh. like, how did you even remember that that was a thing? <laughs> like I, I was like, ma'am, Miss Ma'am, I, 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 I thought I moved on, but apparently not. So, um, <laughs> so I'm toying, so I'm coming back around to maybe doing that, um, maybe doing that idea too, and just mm. uh, continuing this on. And, um, and the other thing is, I have a. Temporary fiction concept or women's fiction concept uh -huh. uh, romance that I'm playing with. Okay. And so we'll see what comes of that. Okay. Okay. Should we connect? You got a lot on your plate, girl. I hope you I, listen. <laughs> listen. Let's let's hope that my brain does what I needed to do when I need to do it. It's gonna do it. It's gonna do it. Trust me. So okay. So before we close out the podcast, I'm gonna do a little thing I like to call uh a little you know in the in the writer studio okay. um, so i want to ask you some like quick this or that type of questions mm -hmm. and i'll just give you the first thing that comes across your mind um and an answer to okay so um do you like writing heroes or villains that's the first question heroes okay your favorite book as a kid the snowy day by ezra jack keats oh i love that book um 
your favorite place to write? My desk. Your desk, okay. So you're a desk person. Mm-hmm. All right. Most people like to write in the beans. <laughs> I can't get I'm a desk person. Yeah. Um, do you like to write love scenes or dramatic arguments? <laughs> um, I like to <laughs> dramatic dramatic arguments. Just I'm I, I'm 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 a I'm a dramatic arguer. So okay. <laughs> dramatic argument um if you if you were to uh okay let me back up best if you're into movies is there a best movie to book adaptation that you've seen oh you just think they all suck (laughs) i i'm gonna be honest with you i think most of them suck um (laughs) i can't i can't I actually cannot think of a movie to book concept that I think is like incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Like they're past some of them are passable, but yeah. You know? yeah. And there's a question that, that just came to my mind. I know you're an indie author. Uh-huh. And what's been the most difficult thing for you as an indie author? Um, or something that you've taken for granted as an indie author that you like, oh damn, I didn't realize I had to do all that. <laughs> So marketing is a beast. Okay. Um, marketing is a beast. Boosting is a promotion is a beast. And let me tell you how you don't know how difficult it is to you don't realize how difficult it is to kind of make your brain come up with new and fresh content and not just do the same things over and over to try Mm -hmm. to draw people in or draw more people in um to get people to at least try you out. So marketing has been the biggest struggle for me and because like you you need to work on that like like writing is something that you can do when, like for me writing is something I can do when I feel it or whatever mm-hmm. marketing is something you got to do on a schedule like yeah. you like you have to say I'm gonna post five out of seven days a week or four out of seven days a week or whatever mm-hmm. and so and so you have to like plan that out and you have to schedule the post sometimes you got to front load the post so you can just release them whenever mm-hmm. and so marketing for me is the hardest part um mm-hmm. the second reason it's the hardest part is because as an avid reader I always want to tell people when I'm reading good books and mm-hmm. so I always have to remind myself not to boost other people's work more than I boost my own mm-hmm. Like you, like I have to get out of reader space in my head. Like mm-hmm. Shamika, you need to be boosting your work. You want to sell books too. And, mm-hmm. you know, but that's hard for me. Cause like I said, as an avid reader, I always want to tell people when I'm reading good books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That brings me to my next question. What's the last romance novel that you read? Oh goodness. Um, um, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute, because I, because I, I, I did just finish one. <laughs> Sorry, um, I read "No Other Lover Will Do" by Sharice Hodges. Oh, okay, I love Sharice Hodges. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Another set of sisters, the Richardson sisters. Yeah, in, in her books, I love, I love, I love her, her mm-hmm. stuff. Um, when you're writing, is there a word that you use like all the time? Your favorite word in your writing. Oh my God. Um, I realized in the last book that I was overusing the word just 
and I had to like completely go through I had to like completely go through and reword a bunch of stuff because I realized how much I was um (laughs) using it I was also using the word forceful a lot and so I had to check that and I have to keep a running list of words that I use a whole lot so I don't use them um a whole lot uh the for for me one of the one of the things that helps that's helpful for me is that I used to actually be an editor so Mm -hmm. um I used to do a lot of freelance editing so sometimes me overusing a word jumps out at me and I catch it and correct it um before I get to the to the editing stage uh where where they're going to be like, Shamika, you use this word 47 million times. And so, right. so um, I'm, usually I'm getting catching on myself, but I use the word just a lot mm. and I had to like reprogram myself. Mm. Mm. Okay. If one of your books became a movie, who would you like to cast in the leads? Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. So... I would say, well, <laughs> they're they're all my they're all my book babies, but my latest one is always going to be my favorite. So until you come back to me, is <clears throat> my latest uh, favorite. And um, if it were ever going to be made into a movie, I would love for somebody like maybe Amber Riley to play Renee. Mm, nice, 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 nice. She's wonderful. Uh huh. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Don't get enough love in, 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 in spaces where she should. I love her. Mm-hmm. I love her. Mm-hmm. And so that other girl that looks just like her. I forgot. Oh, her. Raven Goodwin. Yes. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, side My note. Girl that good movie luck they in, that mm-hmm. movie they played in together on Lights Yes. Yeah. Best uh-huh. girl. But it was so good. <laughs> yes. So either one of them. Either one of them. Either one of them. Um, where do you see romance novels going in like the next decade? Oh goodness. Okay, so in the next decade, I honestly feel like I honestly feel like indies are gonna stomp harder. Like mm-hmm. um, I honestly feel like we're gonna do the thing. And mm-hmm. uh I it, and it's it's so it's it's important for me because like I really believe that because I feel like indie romance authors write romance like they write the kind of romance that you just want to gobble up or whatever um and and while it's important and while it is important to uh expand the spectrum on what romance can be I, I totally agree with that I also think that if readers just want the kind of straight romance that they're used to. There's plenty of it out there and indies definitely give it to them. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes a lot of people's dissatisfaction with romance um, and Black romance in particular is because they are reading traditionally published books marketed to them as romance that are contemporary or women's fiction at best. Right, right, right. Um, I think I think that that leads to some of the dissatisfaction that people have with um with with romance novels and with black romance in particular. So yeah. but I really think that a lot of the indie girls give you the love story you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so I I feel like we're going to stomp harder. 
Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree. And it's the writings on the wall with everything that's going on in, in publishing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditional publishing, I can go on and on, but the writings on the wall for Indy to really step up and feel that void yeah. that it's already been feeling, but to just, you know, really, really, really expand the notion of what romance is right now. Yeah, I exactly. agree with you. I agree with you. So when it's all said and done and you've written like 500 books. <laughs> and you, you're getting all these indie awards and all this stuff um, what, do you, what do you want readers to say about the books that you've written um I want people to say I want people to say that I understood that I under that I understood love that that I understood love that i that I understood women, that I represented fat women. Mm, mm. That's that's what I want people to say about me. Mm, mm. That's poignant that you understood, that you understood love. Because listen, a lot of people write romance if they don't understand love. But <laughs> they definitely don't understand love. Well, Shemek, it has been wonderful to have you on the podcast. Thank where you can, so where much. Can, where can people find you? Where can people find your books? Okay. Um, and everything like that so my books are on my books are on amazon but coming very very soon there will be a shemigatherwriter.com where i will sell all the extra paperbacks behind me um (laughs) um so uh but but for now you can find my books uh on amazon uh in kindle and in paperback Mm -hmm. most of them are still in kindle unlimited also uh you can find me on socials uh, on Twitter and IG is at Shamika Writes, so S H A M E K A W R I T E S, and Shamika the Writer on TikTok. Okay, thank you so much, Shamika. It's been wonderful, uh, absolutely. Thank pleasure. you. And I have just enjoyed talking to you, and I will see you around them TikTok streets. <laughs> yes, I really appreciate this. I really appreciate this, and I'll be. I'll. I'll. I'll I'm. I'm going to circle back in March so we can talk about the buildup. <laughs> okay, circle back, girl. Okay. <laughs> Up next in our What is Book Talk reading segment, we have indie author enthusiast and indie author supporter, and the one and only Jalisa of Jalisa Reads. Hi, everyone. We are here with Jalisa for our What is Book Talk reading segment. And uh, Jalisa from TikTok, also known as Jalisa Reads. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself, Jalisa, and about how you got all hooked up and involved on uh, Book Talk, TikTok. Hello. Um, Well, my name is Jalisa, and I read mainly (laughs) um, Black indie romance. That is the space that I, I tend to exist. Um, born and raised in Atlanta, love sports, but I love books the most. Like that, that is my thing. And the way I got on Book Talk is really interesting because the only reason I even got a TikTok is because I heard, I saw people talking about Alabama Rush Talk. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Like, I didn't know they like, had their process out. So I was like, let me join TikTok and let's see what's going on. Um, and I was scrolling my for you page and I came across a book talk 
and she was talking about books and I was like oh bet let me search black romance and when I searched black romance there were videos but they weren't actually discussing black romance books it was really all IR books and so I was like okay well let me you know let me just put my little foot in the ocean and see mm-hmm. what happens. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk to people about black romance. Cause I remember I've always been a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, a couple of years ago before I discovered Indies, like I was reading, you know, I, well, I'm not going to say who I was reading, but I was reading popular authors that be on book talk all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to see myself in books. And I was like, where I know is black people writing like romance books. And yeah. Found, yeah. Christina C. Jones and that kind of took things off from there so I'm like I know it's probably women or readers out there like me who just want to see themselves represented in the books that we read so I just want to tell people about these books so what was like the emphasis for you to like really really seek out black romance and let me be clear with with people who are listening there's a difference like I said before between black romance and interracial romance and a romance that has a black character in it those are, those are three different three different things now <laughs> um so what made you kind of seek out black authors who were writing just black romance with black main characters in them do you remember like the first book that you read that was like okay I'm hooked this with the black romance yeah I mean growing up that's what I read like I read Beverly Jenkins I was sneaking and reading all those books that I wasn't (laughs) reading yeah and I was reading I want to it was the L Kennedy book and there was a black character it was a black Uh um a hockey player and Uh I was like you know what every time I read a single black character in a book they're always there as like the one with the wisdom or they're like the comedic relief and I was like I want to see myself and my friends and my family represented in books Mm -hmm. where can I find those so I tweeted Mm -hmm. about it um and a girl I went to college with um shout out to Georgia Southern Mm -hmm. um in Portia she was like you need to check out Christina C. Jones and so the first book I read was Getting Schooled and Mm -hmm. I was like I was like wait a minute that's a good one (laughs) yeah this is me like I recognize these people and then I discovered Kindle because I had been reading on iBooks like exclusively. Oh, yeah. So I was, they were like, no, you need to look at Kindle Unlimited. And then I just met like Alexandria House and Alexandria Warren and Nicole. It just became, it was like an influx. And I was like, oh my God, and these the people have been open. writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, these people been writing. I just didn't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how has, how has TikTok kind of opened up that world for you as a reader particularly on TikTok that you get to interact with some of these authors that you read you know what I'm yeah. saying how has that been to interact with the authors that you read on TikTok it, it's a little different than Twitter because you get you kind of get some instant gratification um I think with TikTok um so how is it like interacting with the authors that you're like oh my god I just read your book or you know it's I love it I always try not to be like bothering them but I really be like okay you just wrote this good ass book like where's the next one Um, but I just I feel like it makes it like we had a community that was already established you know on book um book twitter and and Mm -hmm. in bookstagram there was always a black romance kind of sect but I just feel like there is more visibility on tiktok um 
And I know what these authors look like because sometimes you don't be knowing what these authors look like. And I know their faces and now I can hear their actual voices. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm a communicator. So I love to like actually talk to people. Yeah. So it makes me feel like they all my friends in my head, in my head. Like we yeah. are all really yeah. good friends and I'm just supporting my friends. So I really, it, it is different from Twitter because um, we still feel connected on Twitter, but it's just different when you can see people and actually hear them and kind of see their mannerisms. It just feels mm -hmm. more authentic, I think. Yeah, 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 I agree with you. Because like Instagram is so much of like static photos and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, then, you know, later on they brought in the reels and all that stuff. But a lot of the, the early time was just pictures of the books and like no really pictures of the authors. Um, so, you know, you really didn't get to see what people look like. You just saw their books or their promo or whatever they were doing, or if they had an event, you know, something like that. But on TikTok, you know, getting to interact with these authors is pretty, pretty cool. Um, and for you, Julissa, like you really carved out a space, I think, where like when I, like, when people are doing TikTok, I, I direct them to your page. One of, you're one of the people whose pages I direct them to. So I'm like, oh, no, follow Julissa because she's going to give you the regs. She's going to give you some good book regs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so busy now. I can't really read as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. So I go to y'all in the reader space um, to, you know, get the recs to my friends or people who are just joining, you know, TikTok um, that I persuaded to join TikTok yeah. um, and be like, yeah, you know, follow these people and stuff. And you curate, you know, you have your like 28 days of romance you're doing for February, for Black History Month and all that stuff. How important is it to you to like, curate your space um with such specificity that you know what i'm saying like people know to come to you for the recommendations like you you the plug now so <laughs> <laughs> you are the plug well one thank you i appreciate that i think it's really like still crazy that people that i like have people that be like okay what should i read next because that's just wild to me. That's not why I started, you know, book talk. It was really because I wanted these authors who gave me a gift in these books. I want other people to be able to appreciate them. And I want, I want y'all to get your shine. I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, the romance space in general, as far as publishing is concerned, is so skewed and geared mm -hmm. towards just your traditional white romance. Mm -hmm. And there's so many great authors who are writing beautiful stories about Black people and they're authentic mm -hmm. Black people and they're not getting the shine that I feel like they deserve. So I just want to put people on to these books. If one person reads a book that I recommended and they enjoyed it and they tell one more person like that is getting visibility. Um, and that's getting y'all's art into this world because it deserves to be appreciated. Um, and that's that's really, that's all I want to do. I just want to be like the homegirl that's going to tell you about these good books to read. And that is really my purpose. And I've had people say, you know, I've gotten advice that I didn't ask for. Um, <laughs> you know, you should broaden your horizons a little bit more and you know you're pigeonholing yourself in just really mainly talking about black romance and really indie black romance and I'm like that's fine I, mm -hmm. my content's not for everybody right the audience that I want to reach they are being reached they're seeing right. my content they're interacting they're reading these books mm -hmm. I don't need to be the queen of book talk it sounds like <laughs> a lot of work and not enough money. yes yes um, yes yes 
So I'm okay with just having like a very target audience. And I'm very, very adamant that my channel is for the promotion of Black romance, mm -hmm. period. Period, period. So when somebody's new to the Black romance space, what's the one, the first book that you recommend they read? I sent everybody back to my beginning, um, uh, which is the first Black romance book I ever read, which is Through the Storm by Beverly Jenkins. Oh, girl, that's like, fantastic. Ooh, honey. I just feel like you got you to gotta get you a little though. history lesson first. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Start with Miss Bev. And then if they, you know, want to bring us, you know, up to kind of nowadays and contemporary, I'll ask them what they're looking for and kind of based off, are you looking for something really lovey-dovey? You looking for like romantic suspense and really just kind of depending on where they kind of ask me or where they lead me, I'll recommend a book. And it's also weird because I, I like pretty much everything I read. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that I read a book that I don't like enough to tell somebody else to read it. So like I'll talk to other reviewers and they'd be like, well, I didn't like this and I didn't like this. And I'm like, well, I love everything. I don't think I'm supposed to be a reviewer. I'm just going to talk about these books right. and tell people to read them. Right. Um, what's something, what's a, what, what makes you like, what does a book have to have in it that make you go, uh-uh, I can't, this is not, this is not something I would recommend to anybody. Like this is not. You know, because you read everything. You read the paranormal. You read the, you read the romantic suspense. You, you read everything in the black romance space. Yeah. But what's the one thing that makes you like, like either DNF the book or just like, look, I'm not. I cannot recommend this. Um. Do you have your limits? That's what I, I have. Mean. I do. I do. There are sometimes there are some books I read that they try. They're trying too hard. Mm. If that makes sense, it's almost like they the writer was peeking in on some black people and based on the <laughs> observations they saw through the window they was like oh we finna write this book uh -huh. I feel like books have to feel authentic uh -huh. like I would have to I'm very black I need to recognize <laughs> these right. people right. and you know somebody I would see you know in my community mm -hmm. um and then sometimes like I I don't like when um it won't make me DNF a book, but it'll make me like side-eye a book when a character like introduces themselves. Uh -huh. Like, hey, my name is so-and-so. And as you can like that, I'm just like, okay. That's not like a middle middle grade book. <laughs> I'm know? like, all right. We <laughs> didn't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's a little elementary. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to like at least one of the main characters. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's I typically like all the characters, but if I dislike one, but I really love the other one. I'll finish the book, but if I can't stand either of the main characters and then the story is dry, I, I'll just have to put it to the side. Okay, okay. So let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the books that you are recommending for folks who, what's hot in these book talk streets? What are you recommending folks read? Um, so it just dropped. It's finally dropped. Plie by A.H. Yes, finally. Let's it, talk it, about it. it. A black erotica. I I had the arc and mm, it made my toes curl. It was so good. Mm. Um, and I think the thing I like the most about it is it showed a different side to a dominant submissive relationship. And mm -hmm. we haven't. I feel like we haven't seen that. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen mm -hmm. a dom being trained and learning how to be a dom. dominant. Yes. And yes. I'm like that. That that part of that journey was unexpected, and I really really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, let's see. The Moreau Mafia by okay. Kaylin 
really really good i'm on like a mafia kick right now like okay. I, I need shoot them up bang bang pull out <laughs> guns arrange marriage give me all of that um plus one and plus one more i'm, I'm counting that as as one because it's book one and book two it is a polyamorous romance story and it's you turn, you turn me on to that one look so i had to down i had to download both of those because you kept talking about it because and I was like, I was not, and, every, and then you talked about it. And I think Tori talked about it. And I was like, uh, for those who don't know Tori, Black Romance Connoisseur on TikTok, I said, damn it. I said, I'm going to have to just re- just download this book. Like I got time to read anything, but but <laughs> I was like, let me download this book before I, you know, forget. So I, I downloaded both of those two. Hannah wrote her ass off. Yes. Um, I have to go to Rome now and certain things are going to have to happen when I get there just because <laughs> of what happened in that book. Yeah. Um, what else? Yours by Sean, mm-hmm. um, which is book three in the Kingstown novella series. Book that she one, told us, she told us was, um, was wholesome. wholesome. <laughs> she said it was wholesome, but the first yeah. four words was talking about a heavy dick. So I was like, girl, <laughs> I think maybe I don't know what wholesome means anymore. I think she um, did. I think she meant wholesome, but, but that's just yeah, me. that L and that R. They they're not that close on the keyboard, but I can see <laughs> how there would be some confusion. Um, yes, yes, yes. And what else? Oh, three, uh, three a.m. by Dominic Shaw, um, mm-hmm. aka Literary Baddie. It is an erotic fantasy. And okay. I am not at all a fantasy girl. Like I like Harry Potter, but like if you ask me to pick up like a fantasy book, I'm even like, oh, I don't know. Mm. But this erotic fantasy romance, I think, is kind of technically the category. Yeah, yeah it is a thing. and people that's been in love for 500 years, and there's memory loss. It was I didn't know what to expect because I don't really read synopsis. I like if I don't you know, know the author, if I like the yeah. cover, I'm just gonna go off vibes and kind of figure out what it's about. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it just because I'm not a fantasy girl. So that kind of got that kind of got you out of your kind of comfort zone. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it okay. did. It did. Okay. I enjoyed it. It's a lot of. It's, it was a lot happening in that book. <laughs> I'm like y'all. Y'all are some filthy people. I mean, the, the do you mind. have to do you have to have the open set open door sex scenes for you to like continue on with the book. Or you can read a, a read closed door scenes or what? Read closed and open door. I prefer open door. <laughs> um, but I've read some really good closed doors. I read some kind of inspirational romances that you know were closed door. I've also uh-huh. read some inspirational romances that were open door. So I, if the story is good, the story is good. I don't have to have open door. But it yeah, I've door. I've read. You know, you talk about crazy genres. Like, I think I, I think I posted about this, <clears throat> but um, I read a Christian erotic historical. Um, <laughs> a Christian erotic historical, and damn it, that was one of the best books I have ever read in my life. That is, that um, is not a combination. It's not a combination you would think about. <laughs> And it's written by a pastor. Oh, of um, course it is. Of it is written by a pastor. Shout out to um, Anna Swearingay. And um, uh, she wrote the book and it was, it was amazing. Like, I can't even, I can't even like, it's called, um, what's called One Breath? One Breath Away, I think, is the first one. 
and there's like a BDSM twist to it. Um, that's the that's the one book, and I forgot and I forgot the other book, but I'll I'll put you onto it later. Yeah, I was gonna say I, that sounds like something I need to check out. Yeah, it was it was very very good. I have yeah. both her I have all her books, but she's really good. Um, but yeah, I like when people um put together genres and stuff that you don't expect do you find that in the indie space because you have that freedom like people can people can really experiment and that gets readers interested in things they never thought about you know yeah I do because there is there's such freedom because you don't have anybody saying oh nobody's gonna read that or this mm-hmm. is not really popular these books aren't these types of books aren't charting um because indie indie books aren't going to end up on those charts anyway we're not going to see it's it's not likely that we'll see an indie author on a new york times bestseller list and that's mainly because most of them are selling through amazon and from my understanding the new york times list don't even consider amazon book sales so no they don't i i think that because they have that freedom and there's nobody kind of holding them down and and swaying them you know away from it they use their creative freedom and they get creative oh yeah oh yeah definitely definitely what's the one book that you've read like in the in the course of like the, let's say 2022 all of 2022 because we just started 2023 so the the year's not really jumped off yet mm-hmm. but what's the one book in 2022 that you were like this really surprised me. this is like the best book i read this year bookmarked by bella J. Okay. Okay. And what's the synopsis on that one for those who don't? Um, so Bookmark is about juice and books. They are a couple, they are getting divorced and they decide to go on a divorce moon. So it's like, <laughs> we gonna have one last hurrah before the divorce is final. And when she first started talking about like what she was writing, I was like, this sounds crazy because who is taking a trip with they soon to be ex. Let me tell you something. I've been divorced. Hell no, nah, I wasn't gonna take no trip with my ex. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I'm like, ain't nobody gonna go spend no couple days with the the person that they're leaving. Um, and it's not even. It's technically not even a romance book. But when I tell you it's the most romantic book I read last year, uh-huh. because the love in that book between those two characters, and I can't give it away. Of course, um, of course. But just it, it had me in my emotions okay like it it's still i'm i like i'm gonna continue i'm gonna pester her probably she got like three more months before i'm like hey have juice and book said anything to you i know in the, in the, in the afterward you said that there, this was the end uh that not to expect a sequel but i just feel like their story is not over yet it was just really beautifully written um and it was it was my number one read for last year nice nice so one last question about TikTok itself. What is it about TikTok that has allowed you to kind of like forge relationships with other readers and feeding off other readers and that that, that kind of energy that other readers bring to the reader space? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about like feeding off that energy with other people? Because I see y'all, y'all be getting hyped. Y'all hype each other up about book. Girl, read this book. And da, 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 da. Like, what is it about that reader space that makes you excited for books? I think it's just what you said, the camaraderie. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm fortunate enough, I have like friends that read avidly. Like mm-hmm. if you would go through our text threads, like it's a whole lot of books being sent back and forth. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't have friends that read like that. So no. 
being able to find your people in your tribe because when you're alone you're like okay why are you so excited about this book that these people are not real why are you so emotionally invested in these fake ass people right able to share that experience with other readers that you know are feeling the same thing that you are Uh it's like oh my god I feel I belong here I feel a little bit normal a little less a little less crazy because there are definitely times I'll be reading a book and I'll be like why are you so emotionally attached to this person that's Mm -hmm. literally on paper but I know I can text my homegirl and be like girl let's talk because did you get to this part of this book um I think it just makes everybody feel a little bit connected and especially coming out of the pandemic when so Mm -hmm. many people felt so alone Mm -hmm. and felt so disconnected I think everyone has a greater appreciation for community overall now. Um, When you find, you know, that community, you want to nurture it. You want to, you know, maintain that effort in that community. I went to the um, B-Love Publications meet and greet over the weekend and I got Mm -hmm. to, you know, meet and hug people who we talk on TikTok all the time. But now I got to actually like give them a hug and we had to have a, we got to kind of a conversation in person. So it's really just, building community and I, that's just really important to me so I'm so glad to be part of this community on TikTok because it's I love it here they begin on my nerves <laughs> but I love it here but you made me think of something like during the pandemic we were so isolated and I think a lot of reasons why TikTok was so popular and book talk was so popular is because it just connected people with people who were kind of like-minded and kind of you found a finally found a community you might have thought you were a weird person before that only liked christian erotica <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then you found somebody else oh wait you like christian hey, you erotica like too? did you read this yeah did you read this girl yeah yeah i read that so it was it just allowed us to, to form a space that you don't feel so alone yeah. yeah you know you know during that time we were so alone it was a very long I feel like two years I mean people say oh a year it was really like two, and a half two years yeah if you did um, what you were supposed to do you was in the house for longer than mm-hmm. just a year mm-hmm. so it just you know you were able to kind of foster a community where we didn't have to you know be around each other but we could still communicate with each other yeah all right so 2023 we're gonna wrap it up 2023 it is here what are some books that you're looking forward to in the next like couple of months that you want to read um so i'm in the middle of reading uh, the build-up stop okay stop and so listen don't come on my pod listen, I, <laughs> l- let me tell people i do not tell people to come on my podcast talk about my book i've been telling them to come and talk about the books they recommend okay but what is your <sighs> book is part of that list I'm, I'm in the middle of it because I like to take my time going through art so I can really enjoy them. But um, I'm really enjoying the buildup. I don't Thank know if you know the author. I'm, I'm a, I won't say <laughs> the name, but you might know them. Um, you yeah, know, right. the, thing, the thing about it with indies, a lot of times you don't know what's coming. That's so true. And so it's yeah. like a surprise. I think that's probably also one of my favorite things. Um. Mm-hmm. Gray Huffington has the Domino Effect books. I think the first book in that series comes out next month. And that's kind of a continuation of the Eisenberg Effect series that mm-hmm. she did last year. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to that. Christina C. Jones has a new book dropping, coming soon. We're getting the coming soon graphics. So mm. it's, it's like, it's on the way. Mm. Um, 
what else am I excited about? Oh, Darlene Cunningham, who is another a fellow TikToker, uh, oh, Black yes. Books Only. Uh, she has her book, So This Is a So This Is College, dropping yes, February yes. 5th. I'm in the middle of it, and I was not expecting that from her. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, okay, excuse me, man. I'm really enjoying it, so I'm excited for people to check that out. Awesome. Um, and then there are a few series that are supposed to be finishing up. Uh, Asia Monique, Mafia Misfits. She has Simple Obsession supposed to be out soon. I'm hoping it's out like tomorrow. Um, and her kind of continuing that. And I don't really know like who else has something coming, but I'm gonna read it when it drops. So we gotta, I forgot it. We gotta get um, you know, the other half of uh what revive me or whatever. Oh, oh now from JL Seeger. So I have the first book. I am not, I can't read an incomplete series that has cliffhangers. Like, <laughs> a series of standalones but if they connect i can't do cliffhangers love so you don't Belvin wait till they all me. come out yeah love belvin taught me not to do that because she's <laughs> me stressed out with her books so i actually got revived me the first book like i got the paperback for christmas uh-huh. i just like flipped to the to the end of the book just to see like what was going on that last chapter i don't even know those people and i was emotional and i was like ain't no way i can read this because <laughs> it's not out like i'm not gonna set myself up so i'm i'm waiting for that um yeah to come out because i, I am looking forward to reading that series yeah i got to the end with like god damn it and I, just, I, just closed, I just closed my kindle mad heart but god damn it and closed the kindle mad heart and i was like thanks a lot buddy yeah, I, saw, I, saw, I saw enough wet cheeks and people was like why would you write this i was like mm-mm when she drops the release date for the third book then i'll go ahead and start reading book one but until then it's just gonna sit in my kindle that it's just gonna have to stay there yeah yeah well jaleesa this has been wonderful talking to you finally um tell folks um where they can find you on tiktok on social media and what other other projects and, and collabs and things like that you have going on next yeah, so I am a Jaleesa Reads, J-A-L, two E's, S-A Reads on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. So please feel free to follow me. Um, what I have next is probably, oh gosh, I don't know why I set myself up for this. I'm doing 28 Days of Black Romance in February. Yes, yes. Um, And it's something that I did last year, real unofficial. I got in trouble and TikTok put me off the app, so I wasn't able to complete it. <laughs> um so I'm doing that again and we have prompts for all 28 days I actually have templates that I'm going to be dropping a little later on this week just to make it easier for everyone to post um so I'm actually in the middle of of gathering those books because I don't know what I feel like I set myself up I came up with the prompts I wanted to do and Uh now I'm sitting here like how am I supposed to narrow like these two books down to one it's very I'm stressed out um so I have that gonna be doing I really want to kind of get together with some more readers um, and just see, you know, we can do some stuff together. I know some people in Atlanta want to get together. Um, So really just continue to like expand the community and actually build like relationships outside um, of just TikTok. Cause I would love to be able to like text a whole bunch of different people. Like y'all need to read this book. Let's read (laughs) this book together. Um, So, but 28 days of black romance, that is my, that is going to be my focus for the next until the end of February, really. So I'm hoping people join me for that. And I just really want to um, kind of not 
silence the noise, but I would like for us to not get caught up in all of the noise that's going to happen with black books and everybody wants to pull out their black, their one black book off their shelf next month. Oh, yes. We just want it to be a celebration for us. Like let's celebrate ourselves and leave everybody else in the dust because they're not about that life. And and I will, and I know you didn't say this, but I'm going to say it because I feel like I have the authority to say this. Um, you know, I'm going to say this to book talkers, book influencers, when these people are asking y'all during February about what what can I read? How can I read more diversely? It is not your job Mm-mm. to tell them what to read. They have Google. They have access to bookstores and Kindles and things just like you do. They If they can read, they can absolutely look it up. So it's not your job to do the emotional labor and the physical labor to get people to read more diversely for Black History Month. That goes out to Black History Month. That goes out to uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Month. They go out to Hispanic Heritage Month, Native American Heritage Month. Don't stop doing the work for these people. Let yeah. them let them look it up themselves. It's not for you to do. Yep. But Jalisa is doing this for us, by us, so we can be more engaged with what's happening in Black romance. And so I thank you for that. And I appreciate you for that and always uplifting Black romance, indie and trade. But you you definitely do a, a great emphasis on indie romance, which I which I totally appreciate. So thank, thank you, you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for having me. This is great. Thank I love you. to talk about books. So this is right on my alley. And look, honey, you right down the street in Atlanta. So we're going to get together. Don't worry. We are. Cause, and I'm pulling up on the, uh, the what is it, the 28th? Yeah, 28th. I'll, I'll be there. I'm And I'm bringing friends with me. We're going to pull up. All right, then. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on. Of course. Thank you. I want to thank my guests, Shamika Irby and Jaleesa of Jaleesa Reads for coming on to the podcast and gracing us with their wonderful, beautiful spirits and their love and passion for books. You can follow them on all their social media, which is listed here on this podcast description and information. Once again, my name is Tati Richardson, one half of the duo here at Romance and Color. And you can follow me on social media and get all the links to all my social media, including uh, where you can buy my debut novel, The Build Up, which comes out March 28th, uh, on my website, which is TatianaRichardson.com. You can also follow Romance in Color on social media at Instagram at Romance in Color with a U. And that is Romance, the letter N, color with a U on Twitter. We'll see you all next week where we'll have another amazing interview and another amazing discussion of real inclusive love. Take care and God bless.